Hello and welcome to the Mythological Africans podcast, where we read and talk about stories from African mythology and folklore. I am your host, Helen Day. Episodes of this podcast come from live recordings of the Mythological African Storytime Sessions, which took place on Friday evening at 5 p.m. Eastern Time U.S. on the Mythological African Twitter space. everybody this is our very first episode of ma story time for 2023 and i can't think of a better way to get it started than with this um with a guest with a story with you know a bunch of people i'm really happy um looking forward to this year to see what we we what kind of good fun and good trouble we get into um while while we get set up i will share a couple of links in the link area place <laughs> I, I never know what to call that a chat or what um, but which uh, might be relevant to our to our discussion today so I'm going to put that in there and then this was the very first time we had Edison join us so and then I also, I think we had the link to a summary of the story. So I'm going to put that in there too, in case anyone wants to get a sense of what this story is about. All right. So everything's in there now and I hope everybody can see it. Good, good, good. So this is this is what I think. Um, well, this is the plan for today. We'll start with um, Edison introducing himself and you know giving us a sense of who he is as a person, and then we'll go straight into um, well. I think what I will do is I'll read the short summary of the folk tale that is on Twitter, so we all have a sense of what this story is about, and then um, we'll have Edison read um, maybe the first stanza of the of the poem and it's it's a long prose poem 142 lines long so um perhaps edison you can read because of course we're not going to hear what you're saying um <laughs> right we're, we're not going to understand so but also okay, yeah, okay. make sure that we all we enjoy the musicality of it because we've had um, okay we've had situations before in here where people have read things in the original language and of course we don't none of us know what the person is saying but there's just something about mm. sitting there and listening to a story being told in the language it was intentionally uh, uh, it was initially intended to be told in so we'll, we'll enjoy that aspect and what what we can do is um on your end you read um up to the point where let's say um adiaha goes off to the spring and then okay. I will on my end read it in English so I guess we can give the people in the room a preview of what's to come and then we'll stop there mm. and go into the the discussion and the discussion is going to be wide ranging I, I personally I am dying 
to hear about how you went about translating this poem because it it's not a short poem, right? And it's there's a lot going on. And I, I just I, I would love to hear your experience, the research, you know, what what surprised you, what how you went through the experiences, all of that. But also I hope we can get into a discussion of the the very strong culture of poetry and music making that um the FAKBOB people have, which is why I so wanted this poem to be translated. Because um, if you know anything about MA, I feel very strongly about the fact that many, most of these stories, uh, we know about them because it's through that process of um, dispossession that happened, right? You had people who came in and in the process of getting to know African people for the purpose of conquest, collected all these stories. So it's kind of a bittersweet um situation here and so my my intention behind getting this translation was a way to say hey this terrible thing happened but this is something we can make of it and this is an offering we're giving back and like you said when we talked about this edison um you love your culture we all love african culture and we want to do it because it's the right thing to do so we'll talk a bit about that, that culture of poetry music making and also of water spirits because um they uh, i think if you people are one of the people on the african continent who have a very strong and up until now a very strong love and belief in their water spirits. And if you look at the tweets that I have in the in the space, you'll see some conversations and links to songs that Edison had shared last year about um, water spirits and them spirits. So I hope that sounds like a good plan. So thank you all. Yeah. Thank you all again for making time and thank you to Edison for making time this evening to join our conversation and I will pass over the mic to you for an introduction and then we'll launch into the reading. Thank you very much, um, Helen. It's a pleasure joining you guys and uh, I'm really excited to be part of this uh, program because um, it's something that touches what I love, which is a culture and a way to advance it. Um, for me personally, and for a lot of other younger people back home, we are concerned that I think there have been a lot of um, things lost in between the last 100 years um, about our culture. And with the advent of the Europeans coming into our society, uh, we lost track. Um, the generation before us, or two generations or three generations before us, attempted to assimilate the European ways. And in the process, there's a correct, it's major disconnect with what was the thing that we practice like for I think we lost you there, Edison. I don't know if it's the same for everybody else. Yeah, he dropped out for me too. I think there must be a connectivity thing. Right, right. Yeah, and with him calling in from Nigeria, this is probably something that will persist through the conversation. So please just bear with us. Um, so Edison, I don't know if you can hear us, but I think we lost you. Um, you might need to leave and re-enter. And there you go. So I'm going to make you a co-host as well.
so just be patient with us guys this this is something that happens um hopefully we can get him back hopefully in the meantime, um, welcome to everyone who just joined. Um, I'm going to go through again as usual and make everybody able to speak, but you're welcome to stay in listener mode if that works better for you. Good to see you, Mokuka. Happy New Year. And Nathan and Jim and Abishola and everyone. It's so good to have you in the room. Um, we have resources in the top part of the space if you want to read a short summary of the folktale. Um, and also see some information that Edison had shared with us before, just about if you keep your folklore. Um, so I had seen before that Twitter Spaces had kind of set it up so we could have background music, but I don't know if you need to have a special plan to have that work. So um, that would have been nice, especially if we could set the music ourselves, because part of the, the Ibiobio culture is music, and it would, it would be nice to be able to get some of that music going. So let's hope we can get Edison back in here. I, I was anticipating this, but I didn't think that it would it would happen so quickly. Oh yeah, there you go. I see the option to do music. Vibes, jazzy. Wow, this is nice. Can you guys hear any music? I, I'm not hearing any music right now. Interesting. Maybe it only works at the very beginning. Um, let me see. Did he send me a DM? Oh, I hope we didn't lose him completely because that would be so tragic, you guys. But then again, Nigeria is notorious for spotty internet collections. Um, no shade, no shade, of course. It's the thing that is common to many African countries. Um, but my theory is that there's just a lot of people online. <laughs> so hopefully this doesn't remain a problem. Oh my gosh, you guys. Anyway, how's the new year starting for everybody? Any exciting projects on the way, plans? I know most of you are in listener mode, but we have the chat option, so. Well, we just hang out then. Hope Edison can rejoin us. I'll just say, I started off the new year with a week of Anansi Trickster books uh, that I blogged about, and I had so much fun. I fell in love with Anansi all over again. Yeah, I I saw the the post you did. Which day was it? Um, the where he goes after a bird and the elephants run away, and it's just one of those stories. That James Berry one, I love it. Yep. Yeah, he and the Nancy character. I feel like I mean, as is the case with most trickster characters, but there's just no end to how much fun you can have with Anansi. And I guess that's part of why his his Anansi stories are probably never, ever going to die, which is 
you know, only right because in his mythology, he's the one who brings us stories from Yame the High God. So it's it's only right that, you know, we don't ever get rid of Anansi as amazing and annoying as he can get. And the annoying part is pretty... <laughs> It's it's pretty crazy, but um, I, I'm glad you're having fun with that, with your trickster chaos. And um, for those who don't know, those who might be new um, to MA, uh, Laura is a folklorist, and she does a lot of deep work with um, specific scenes. She's put together a guide for um, folklore and um, mythology resources on Internet Archives. Um, which is an online library. I believe she's working now on uh, resources for African-American folklore and also for tricksters. So definitely someone you want to follow if you are interested in mythology and folklore. Um, I'm going to check in with Edison again, uh, guys, because we 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 lost our guest. Um, our guest, the, his connection kind of broke off. So let's see. Ah, uh, Jim. Ooh, cutting firewood in places accessible only to buy snowmobile. Wow. Where do you live, Jim? Man, because it sounds like between you and Nathan, you're getting a whole lot of snow recently. Um, let me, in the meantime, let me check with um, Edison really quickly to see if he is able to join us again. I might need to remove him and have him um, rejoin because I don't even know if you can hear us at all, Edison. Can you like do a thumbs up or heart if you can hear us at all? Uh, maybe he did hear. So hopefully we'll have him rejoin. Canada, that makes absolute sense. Oh my gosh. Don't you guys have snow for like half of the year? Oh yay, we got him back. Can you hear us, Edison? Oh man, maybe he's still connecting. Hello? Yes, we can hear you. Yay. Can you hear us? Yeah, I'm hearing you. I'm wondering where we we lost connection. Yeah, we did lose the connection because you were in the room that you were in as a listener and we couldn't could you hear us at all as Yeah, I'm hearing you. And... Yes, I'm hearing you now. But I think maybe it must have lost like two, three minutes of communication also. yes mm. we, we certainly did so i think going forward if that happens again mm. i'll probably just send you dm and you might just need to exit the room and re-enter okay uh, yeah because I, I was just telling the the other people in the room no disrespect but it's when folks from nigeria joined there tends to be connection difficulties and my theory is that there are just so many people online so oh. <laughs> but anyway We'll hand the mic back to you. You were giving us some context on why this translation work was so important. Yeah, um, um, uh, which brings me back to, uh, let me talk about my experience with the work. I think I can sum it up with three adjectives. It was challenging. I, I, I didn't really expect it to be that challenging, you know. Uh, my, actually, my first time of trying to translate into my own language and I discovered that uh, uh, sometimes it was difficult finding the the right context and words and that the flow of my language is completely different from 
the way the English language flows. Like we talked about the nuances when we started the project on how we want to get it mm -hmm. into exactly. So, and then the Efigibibi language was actually written in the um, Latin alphabet, not in English alphabet. So sometimes, yes, uh, sometimes if I spell my name, I have to spell it in anglicized form because we don't have um, consonants like G. We have a sound where the sound is mm. It's uh, what's in, a little bit separate us from other parts of Nigeria. People always say, you speak like Chinese because most of our words always have to end with mm. So, So if I'm spelling my name, it's going to be like U-B-O, mm not ONG. If I'm writing ONG, it's an English way of writing. It's not actually. So mm -hmm. if you look at the work, you see a lot of special characters. So I have to go mm -hmm. look for Yeah, yeah. It has to be. So once I finished writing it, I had to go translate it back into the special character. You won't see this much, except you have an access to epic Bible. That's when you really understand. Then you now have to try to put the stress pattern because certain mm -hmm. words may have the same spelling, but different intonations and the the context and meaning completely change mm. mm -hmm. when well, we you and i had a discussion and if you see the language is a figgy bibio that's because it's just like the english um language when you have the um different dialects right so it's the simply American dialect english, british english, yeah australian or... uh, yeah or even the lancaster dialect i have some friends mm -hmm. that is when they speak, I'm struggling, but your English is like, wow. So, so <laughs> the same thing happens, yeah. So I had to write it this because we were talking about specifically Ibibio. So I had to write it with an Ibibio accent. If I were mm -hmm. writing it with an affix accent, the same, it will still look the same way, but the tongue and pronunciation of words will be slightly different. So that's why I said it, it was challenging. It was uh, exciting also because... Um, I was thrilled and at the same time intrigued about doing something that benefits our people and put our culture out there. Before now, I mean, thanks to social media enlightenment, a lot of young people have actually lost a lot of interest in the language and maybe the culture of our people, but uh, that's really changing. At least from what I've observed on Twitter, I've seen a lot of people say, I want to learn, I, I'm mm -hmm. proud of my language. You know, and stories, and that's why I want to uh, appreciate you, Helen, for what you've done um, in trying to advance our culture, not just mine, but I mean, the African culture as a whole, because I know you're reaching out to uh, stories from different parts of the continent, and this is really amazing. Yeah. It's um, uh, literatures like this that has uh, allowed us um, to continue to keep our language and our culture and advanced it forward. And, and lastly, my experience with it, based on what I've done with you, is inspiring. I've been inspired and I'm looking forward to when I have more time to do some work of literature, because there's so much a lot to be researched about our people. Incidentally, you come from a place that my people believe we actually migrated from. Right, right. So yes, the, we, the we, we believe we came from Central Cameroon, somewhere called Usangedit in Central Cameroon. 
Interesting. Yeah. Right. So for, for those people who don't know in the room, um, the, the part of where the Ifi and Ibiobi people in Nigeria are found is right there on the border between Nigeria, where um, they are, and Cameroon, where I'm from, especially like the part of Cameroon where I grew up. Um, there is a lot of similarity. We have people who are basically the same people, but on different sides of the border. So this this really came from, from the, the, the depths of the depths of our hearts here. And um, I just want to return um, the, the, the appreciation to you, Edison, because like you said, this was challenging in many ways. You know, um, I remember the conversation we had where it was, first of all, determining, okay, this story, which branch of the people did it come from exactly to, to get that, that context around it and then figuring out which dialect, you know, to do it in and then capturing the nuances. And I, I remember it got to a point where, you know, I said, hey, the, the point here is to celebrate the beauty and the lyricism in the language. So don't don't get too caught up in direct translations. But from from the work that I, from the way you've talked about it, it sounds to me like you still, you know, put in a lot of time and effort to to make sure things were done right. And, you know, I didn't know that the FEKBOB language uses the Latin alphabet. So even more kudos, you know, round of applause close to you for that because I, I can't even imagine what that was like. But um, as you rightly said, this is an effort to to keep this culture alive. We had the conversation where you shared a couple of books which were written um, by Ethiopian people in the language, but which are out of print now. Yeah. And that is a lot of useful information that, you know, young people online in particular don't have access to. So this this is our effort and I'm just thrilled and honored to have been able to share this with you and hopefully we have more collaborations down the line um because this this was just this was amazing as it has been with pretty much everyone i worked with uh for this project so um we have a comment from jim which um i don't know if you can see it but he's uh jim do you want to unmute well do you want to speak to this real quick before we move into the reading um or i can read the comment i don't know sometimes you're not able to to speak just throw a thumbs up if you want me to read your comment i don't know if jim can hear us there you go go ahead jim yeah, thanks. Just have to remember which button to push to use the mic. Um, yeah, I I don't want to take away from the poetry of today, but I would when you're talking about the the dialect and the uh, the accents and the special characters, like that's that's something that I've worked on for um, indigenous languages. The Athabascan indigenous languages are a tonal language and. Uh, over the years, I've worked with uh, fonts and specialized keyboards for it. So I would love to have a conversation with you sometime and find out what, how you're handling that and what you're doing there. But I don't want to interrupt the uh, poetry today. So hopefully, uh, Edison, you and Jim can connect and get some more work on this. Because I know there's a couple of people online who are working on um, setting up different African languages so they have like Unicode and keyboards and all of that. So this this might be an interesting avenue to explore here. Yeah, definitely. Because, um, you know, I had to go to Google uh, special character to look for 
because of course you can't write um, in a language, then you don't follow the um, the norms because if another person will look at, you can easily take. I, I tried learning Portuguese, and so my teacher then he gave me the Portuguese Bible. I don't know. I, I must give credit now to those who translated the Bible because it took a lot of effort to translate so much word and try to find the context. You and I talked about the word uh, um, holy and sacred. Mm -hmm, I couldn't mm -hmm. find a specific word. And if, if I, I spoke to my mom. I just lost my grandmother around that. I couldn't find any. They gave me so many types of words, but they didn't fit the context we're doing. So, um, Jim, it would be interesting. I, we, we can talk about it and, and see how we can work on things. Lovely, lovely. All right. So um, if you have questions, comments, just hold on to them because I want to make sure that we have time for the reading, which is what we're going to do next. Um, there is a brief summary of the story, uh, The Sacred Spring, um, that I put in the chat. Uh, but it's an Ibiobio folktale um, about the woman named Adiaha Ano who goes to the Sacred Spring to fetch water. And this is in violation of the sacred day of Edem, which is a day set aside to honor the spirit of the spring. And on that day, um, only young unmarried women in the village could go fetch water. So it was it was forbidden for anybody else to go. And she has to do this because her child was sick and she didn't have time to go. Um, and on the way, she has to go through a couple of trials and eventually the spirit, you know, doesn't punish her for violating that, that taboo. And then of course, her, her co-wife, who is part of the reason why she had to go to the, the spring on this day, um, decides that, okay, she too wants the water spirit's blessings. And you can imagine how that ends. So without further ado, I'm going to hand the mic over to Edison. And we'll read up until the point where Adiaha Anor leaves for the spring, because we want to leave a little bit for the people who buy the book. And, um, and then I will read the English corresponding part. So I'll give you a little bit of a preview, and then we'll continue our discussion. Okay. All right, Edison. Okay, thank you, um, Helen. So we begin, and uh, like I earlier mentioned, I'll be reading in the Ibibe dialect of the Ibibe language. So the title of our poem is uh, Asanga Sanga Idem. I made you want to say Adiana, Akanama no Adiamo. Made you want to say Nya Akanam, Adiyanga Yenamo. Adiana Akanam, Poke to Imaestre Kayinipon. Adiana Agekaidem Adinyangayin Kaseke Akpanu Sene Kwaideri Kenyake Kaidem Usen Berekpana Frewuri Kaidem Ni Bereke Nkaiferikbon Adiana Ama Bimobang Kibu Asangi Sanguku Kentai Wuroyen Kid Abenidem Edi Waidem Nyung Mbo Ubiumik Bendemison Nsiki mene miidi, nsiki na madiana anamuton pomi. Ekpanguton, ingo ikubikuwa kenkuwa. Edwa wadiaiku, ake ni mfnufo. Edwa wakado, ado iba niba. Ndiani uiba nufu edwa, ema iswa ide memo. Mwa udo, akpa wan, ake doa nyana kposongu uduru ibani. Inye se yemikem ni ikbe mendinam. 
Mwodo amasu widen. Yeno frowe my dear oke iwaka se mwo se nye keme isinu wamno. Si a yeke do si bibye se kod a yidem adi oedo. Adiana udiana wan akedo uyaete uwan akposwaron tenye miki si sabakidem ayema diome uto inwan uko yak yendi wan yak afrowo yebio inwe ma bangbon adiana koro akananam abangbon adiana ibumoke Adiana, aka mama frowo akpanakpan gbonsi pere yidem den mewe se kurenye nti ganyente adiatwa yup ye uyayayen adiana akero taetie ka ano ikpon ikpon oyinamo den kini idem adiokoyen e ka yeniki kaniti tie ke bisse e ka yenama yomusobo ken nasia yekufien aka kofion yekutan ayomko kono yo yekuwame yo oyomko frodudomo kori maestreka iki yakanyero odudu adia na ma adia na ma noyen mention si bombakara yibo kanyen anye abonka makoro basike yon oyotontara yemison demison Ate etuwa imo mbom koro. Nanayen. Koro uwa nanayen. Asi imenam enangekom. Akamukudye mwa yiremo. Ike menen songi demisoyen. Adiana matuwa yetutuwe yenadat. Idememem. Ibo ondonsit. Iyungiko bimem. Akere nanayene bi iboki ikpa. Ntuse nebo yoke. Adiyama ma duwa yidoro nyen. Kideme yena ya son. Memideme ma du gideme yen. Eka tiye bet kusen kwa yen. Adiyama siyong po tuwa te. Mpa dimene yen do. Ya ke boy mem kubyo yiku. Imo ima yikba. Ya ki kre yen kubyo yiku. Akpa wan. Uwa udo. Iki pape wan ufwa mmo. Ibo anam diye. Nsiro. Afru kudye. Ubiya wudong oyen. Adiyana kebo ikbon. Ngoro sugorong kufok kit. Nte mpo ido. Aka ke inwang. Oyinwanya murwa. Kusen kusen. Iwa ma. Iyengi bebe. Sitepe ino wana mo. Kini ye usen ama kebo yo. Adike ma pan usen. Mberu kaidem. Pasu kusenu do keyen adiyana aker pidem. Adakada ke uron. Asyu yoko rekate. Mano mongwong. Leana siyongbo kini. Okupoka bang mong. Mong domo kiribara. Abanga masat. Korudongo yen. Amana madiyana afredi kaidem. Diana siyumpo. Mo iba ke bangsen no yine wong. Meberu ka idem. Anyekbene. Ida mi mong iba kufo. Diana 
amadiongo kenwari mo aya aya desa aya ikodi no aru ikikpana yen adibombong kebang ngodo no ine wong korombong amayorobang ngodo kenye disu ngoyil mo wong ngodo ma asangaruk ufok abu wadiyarana ate meketsefo nam Sinama bombong kebang mong mi. Dakada idami. Dika idim. Diyobang mong mi. Kore nyini buwana idim. Nyini buwana kebang. Asiro niufo madaka. Disma yinufo. Aketuko bang mong. Adiana ma kpe ngwana ufo mbok. Ini ase yemmi kitanga. Ado ngwode ikikoko. Iyo ngikbwesat. Kini adia ana ketete. Mwodo iki kopo. Ubo imo. Iyunginye sen mbom. Adia ana madakada kuko. Abon wakamano obasi. Ate edado imo usong. Amene. Amene taetia bang mwomo do. Obyom. Ameni sang adakairam. Kori idumi. Ama akpere. Ufo. I think that's where adia ana. Out of courage and um, displeasure with um, their co-wife decided to take her own pot of uh, water to go to the stream. And that's where we will end as we discussed with Helen. I don't know if uh, I was here audible to all of you. Yes, yes, you were. And thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Lovely, lovely. And... Um, you know, as I talked about before, um, I didn't understand a word there. Like I, I heard Waldo, <laughs> I heard Adiano, so I, I I could hear the names. But to me, the the pleasure of this uh, exercise and the value of it is that reminder that these stories come from somewhere. Yeah. These stories belong to a people. These stories um, are saying something about who the people are about who they believe, um, about what they believe, um, and how they want to live, how they see themselves. And this is something that we'll probably come back to when we are having the discussion. But I imagine there's, there, there was a reason why these stories were told. So just so folks know what they just heard, I'm going to read um, the poem um, in English um, up until the the same place where Edison ended. And this is this is my retelling of the story. And it's in lines of verse, metered, um, and with rhyme. So hopefully I can do it justice in the way that you did, Edison. All right. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so, The Sacred Spring, a poetic retelling of an Ibibio folktale. Do you know what Adia Ano did for her daughter? You know what she did to save her. A thing that could only come from the heart of a mother. She went to the water to save her. She went on Akwaideri that special day you see, when no one but unmarried girls could go down to the spring. She took her jaw upon her head, walked that perilous path, ready to sacrifice herself by facing Eden's wrath. How did it come to this? Why did she do this thing? Open your ears and listen to the song that I will sing. Edward Kadiahaipo had trouble in his house. He had two wives and neither one cared for the other spouse. 
Nuaudo, the senior wife, was tall and strong and stern, and there was not a single thing she couldn't do or learn. Nuaudo was always calm, but everybody knew that those to whom she'd extend help were very, very few. Adiaha, the junior wife, was sweet and kind and fair. And even though she did it slow, she always did her share. She worked the farms and caught the fish and hung them up to smoke. And people loved her water jars because they never broke. Gentle Adiaha Anno embraced all who drew near. She wrapped them tight and held them in the circle of her care. Daughter of the climbing palm, flower child, they called her. A doting mother devoted to her one and only daughter. So when this precious child took ill, Adiaha couldn't sit still. She turned left and she turned right and searched with all her might. Morning, noon, and night to end her daughter's plight. She wouldn't rest until she knew her daughter was all right. She gave the child some medicine, strong ibokukain. She prayed and knocked on heaven's door and cried abasido. She begged the men them for mercy. She asked them for pity. But they turned deaf ears to her cries. Their silence was stony. She prayed, bargained, and begged and cried until her eyes turned red, her every moment marked with dread at the thought of her child dead. But still the child's skin burned to touch. It was soon all too much. Adiaha made her last request with the child's limp hand clutched. Take her then, the woman cried. It's better if she died. At least she'll be there by your side. With Ikan, she'll recite. Nwaudo observed her pain, aloof like you won't believe. She never once thought she could offer help or some relief. To her, each day was like the next. She wasn't moved to bother. She worked her farms and sold her wares and lived without a care. Time went on, and soon it came, that very special day, when to go and fetch water from the stream was a very serious crime. But oh, that was, but oh, it was on that same day the child found strength to say, my throat burns, I thirst, mother, some water, if I may. Adeha cried in dismay when she looked into her pot. The empty death revealed to her the one thing she forgot. I waited far too long, she will. I waited far too long. Now there is no water in my pot to make my daughter strong. She knew her co-wife would be peeved, would think of her a thief. But Adeha was beyond care, and that's what made her there. Now does water reach the brim, so maybe she could skim. A little bit just off the top, enough to fill a cup. But as soon as she took the cup to give her child a drink, Nuad Udo walked into the room and made Adiaha shrink. I saw you touch my water pot. I saw just what you did. So now you must go to the spring and make sure it's refilled. When the head of the house is out, that's when the servant thinks that she can take her useless self to the water pot to drink. Nothing Adiaha could say would change her co-wife's mind. She saw then that Nwaudo had no plan to be kind. Her heart beating fast in her chest, Adiaha faced her test. She prayed to Abasi above and filled her steps with love. She left the compound carrying her very finest jar and turned her feet towards the spring, which was not very far. All right, and you'll have to buy the book to hear the rest of the story. But I hope, I hope you guys um, enjoyed that, both the reading in Ibiobio and the reading in English. And um, how about we open the room up for questions? 
because I, I imagine people have some questions for you, Edison. Um, I have a couple more questions myself. And um, we have just about 20-ish minutes left, so I want to make sure that folks have a chance to, to ask any questions. So any, any questions for Edison or comments or thoughts? And you can unmute yourself and speak or put your hand up if someone else is speaking. I've got a question. I know Helen mentioned that there was a sense of meter in the English version. And so I'm wondering how you chose the rhythms uh, for your version. Uh, come again. I, I'm wondering how you chose the rhythms for your version, if you were trying to uh, follow some of the rhythms of Helen's English version, or if you came up with, with your own way to, to make it feel like a, a, a poem with, with its own rhythm. Yeah, I think we had that discussion where we mm -hmm. started and that uh, we are, it's not going to be word for word, so, you know, because um, even in different um, dialects of the language, uh, there are different vocabularies that you can use to communicate the same thing. So uh, we try as much as possible to stay in line with uh, uh, Helen's rhythm, but also I was inspired with so many because uh, Helen talked about it earlier and said, how are we able to get to do this? I did a lot of research. Um, we are people that are blessed with um, the language is rich in things like um, um, a lot of, uh, like what we call Uto um, or a ballad, you know. So these ballads, they, they come in, in stanzas like poetry. You know, mm -hmm. when we have the big events, you can have a special person that comes to make a ballad. Like those days you have in the maybe Roman or Greek period, then uh, maybe a major person is coming. You have somebody comes in to sing the praises of the person. But we have such in our society. So it gave me a rhythm, you know, listening to them. And I was able to get inspired to run through and make sure that if you see the way I was reading, it follows a particular sequence. So I think that's, uh, I don't know if you answer your questions or not. Does that Hello? answer your question, it's Laura? Laura? Oh, yeah, that, I mean, that's great. It's, I was guessing there was some kind of tradition it was connected to in hearing about the ballads. That makes sense. That's wonderful. Okay, thank you. Okay. Right. We did have this conversation at the beginning and um, my my hope was that, you know, it would not be a word for word translation, exactly. um, but uh, a, a translation that honors the storytelling and music making and poetic tradition of the Ibibio people, which is exactly what um, Edison did and which I'm very grateful for. Um, something that I, it just it chomps at my bits. Like I I get so upset about it, especially as a, as I was writing the poetry for for this collection. Is because growing up um, in Cameroon, we would have these um, special programs where they would play music from all over the African continent. And I have a very keen musical ear, so it's it's easy for me to pick up on the rhythms of a language and how that would show up in in you know in the spoken way. So with the poems, I there was a, the part of my brain that wanted to conform to what I knew about the storytelling and poetic traditions of the people. But I grew up reading 
mostly poems written by American and English and sometimes French speakers. And of course, I don't speak any of these languages, so it was just impossible. I remember before I wrote this poem, I spent some time listening to uh, Ibiobio and Efik uh, uh, gospel music just to get a sense of, you know, the, the, the rhythm <laughs> and the flow of the language. And even then, you know, it was just, it's impossible to do the English, you know, it, it just, I, that's what I had hoped for, that someone reading it in English would fall into that rhythm and it just, it, 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 it didn't work. So I settled for rhyme and verse and all of that. And um, for at least the, this poem, we have the pleasure of getting the, 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 the translation, um, which I, it would be great to get it for all the others, but hey, maybe this project will be extended. We'll see. Um, so um, that, that was a that was that was a, a, an interesting part, and I'm I'm glad that you know Edison understood the assignment, as the kids say these days, and I am so glad to see how that played out. Um, Jim. Yes, I uh, I realized Edison, you were probably reading from your like from a written copy of your translation. Yeah. But I, it was it was very expressive, and it because I was listening for, is, is he performing this or is he reading this? Um, and I, it made me wonder traditionally mm. would like the, the traditional poetry and that would not have been written. It would have been memorized and performed. Is that correct? Yeah, I think um, one of the challenge we had, um, uh, which I said earlier, there's a lot of lost things that are lost over the years is that, um, uh, we didn't have a well-developed, although there are some things that we had written down in, in the, uh, for secret societies, like the Equest Society, they had their own form, form of writings, but it wasn't open to the entire society um, populace. So for a poem like this, uh, there are special people who understand the tradition, who understand the the flow of words. You know, what we have in English, that there are people who are, who are great orators. You know, some great prime minister, we have people like Barack Obama, if he's speaking, the flow of the words, would, you know, you get excited about it. So in, in, in traditional, we have people like that. They can speak from memory. They can speak also, maybe, maybe they practice it at home so that the presentation will flow easily. Like I said, we also have ballads, poetry in local um, languages. Yes, sir. Uh, it could have been, uh, and like you're correct, I was reading from my own translation from my laptop. Thank you. Yes, and I thought you did it very expressively, even though, of course, I understood not a word. Even not <laughs> <laughs> names, I, I wasn't even as far ahead as uh, Helen in being able to catch the names. But I was just listening for the the flow and the expression, and uh, it was. I thought it was very well done, but it just prompted this this thought about uh, performance and oratory. So thank you for, for that. Thanks, Jim, for the kind words. Of course. And and um, I don't know if you remember, Edison, but there was there was a part of this project which would have involved seeing if any um, Ibiobio musicians might be interested in making this into a song. Mm -hmm. Yes, and, uh, I I, you know, I was worried about, and I know you'll be worried about uh, copyright. Uh, so uh, that's why I didn't want to like uh, lift any additional. But then, it, if it's something we want to extend, uh, because there are a lot of folklore that comes with um, 
its own traditional music. Maybe they've not been recorded. Mm -hmm. So we picked up that matches this. In the translations I did, I had to put um, add um, certain uh, bbo, bbo idioms mm -hmm. because there's no way we speak without people. If you watch African movies, you'll be hearing things like uh, people say a tree does right, not make a forest. Right. It's, it's the natural way people speak. It is. It is. Yes, it is. yes. Uh, you have to learn to. If you attend a traditional event in a place, then you are not versed in this. You'll be, you'll be forced to keep quiet, but you have to know these things and you have to know the words that matches. Uh, like when we in, it is a place I describe um, uh, order. Um, there's a saying in the Bible, it's written there in the Bible version that uh, she's, uh, uh, the word is uh, what it means is that Somebody can be a beautiful person, but has a bad character. Mm, mm, mm. Yes. Uh -huh. So we describe uh -huh. And In the course of uh, Adiana's trial, she was hopeless. And we have a word for certain things like that. We say that uh, somebody that is in distress will answer even the greetings from a cow. Oh, wow. Not even you're in distress. Eh? Right. You you think a cow is greeting you? Wow, wow! No, I'm so glad to hear that because in my own way, I try to mm -hmm. honor that very African way of talking, where there has to be a, a proverb in there somewhere. Or a exactly. And I don't know if you picked up on this, but the the line where um, uh, Noaudo is rebuking Adeha Noa for touching her water, where she says. When the head of the house is out, that's when the servant thinks that she can go to the water pot to drink. That is yes, uh, a, a proverb which I lifted from a collection of idiom uh, of of Ibibio proverbs. And what what I did with many of these poems and the stories is that I would go and look at proverbs of the people and see where certain proverbs would fit in the flow of conversation because you you just can't have Africans, especially in a traditional context talking without you know a little bit of proverbs and things like that sprinkled into the language so it makes me even doubly glad that you know you you honored this in the translation because what what i hope for is that you know hopefully um and this is probably new to you edison so sorry for bumping this on you in public i'm hoping to get this recorded right an audio recording and that mm. way, you know, people might read the English version, but for an, an Ifikibibu person, you have this somewhere mm. probably on the Runaway Princess website where you okay. can go listen to it, right? Or on YouTube somewhere where, you know, this, this is recorded and um, that they can hear themselves in this story. You can hear yourselves, you can hear your people, mm. your, your culture and all of that. So I am really, really glad to hear that because I... I think the Ifikibibu language is one of the most interesting African languages when it comes to metaphor and all of that. Um, I did a talk in 2021 where I looked at riddling traditions across um, African traditions and the, the Ifikibibu examples were just like, there were just layers and layers and layers of meaning um, in the metaphors and the expressions. So I, I'm really excited to hear that, Edison. Thank you. Thank you so much for that attention to detail. You're welcome. Mm -hmm.
Um, I see Laura's hand up and we'll get to you, but I want to put a pin so hopefully we can touch on it a little bit because you talked about the poetic tradition, you talked about the 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 um the societies and I know that the societies for the water spirits, the the people who commune with and honor the water spirits is a very, very strong aspect in um Efikibiubio culture. So I want us to spend just a little bit of time talking about that. But let's get your, your question or comment first, Laura. Well, I just wanted to say I'm so glad you brought up riddles because that's what I'm working on right now. I'm working on those African diaspora riddles, mostly from the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. And the Efiki Bibio riddle books that I found are absolutely amazing. The riddling tradition there is so great. And you can see uh, traces of that in these Caribbean riddle traditions. So anyway, I'm working on that right now. And and I'm so glad it came up today because it's really exciting stuff. It, it really is. And I just, there, there was one riddle I saw where it was basically, I mean, I, 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 I'll probably have to pull that up and share it because just talking about it from memory. But the saying itself was referring to palm trees and all kinds of things. But it was actually a really, really terrible insult. So just to, to have that, <laughs> to have that totally innocuous way of saying something and then you know, one person might interpret it that way, but people who are in the know, like you said, um, Edison, there are people who know how, you know, how language is used in a particular context and you probably need to have access to these communities to know even what is being said. It was amazing. It was amazing. And I know that this is something that shows up in um, different African cultures is that layered way of speaking, which if, you're, if your ear is not keen to it, it would go completely over your head. So exciting to see what the outcome of that project will be, Laura. As always, I, I, me who is totally in love with African folklore, um, the, the idea that a lot of these traditions and layers of meanings have carried on into the diaspora, I, I mean, you, 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 you have to love it. But let's use the last couple of minutes of our time to just hear from you, Edison, um, about the, the, the tradition of the water spirits, because one of the conversations we had on Twitter last year, um, this was around the time when the, you know, the Little Mermaid, the, the promo piece came out and people were having apoplexies about, you know, a black person playing a mermaid. And, you know, the conversation on Twitter was, I mean, come on, you, you know, <laughs> it's ridiculous that anybody has a problem with a black person playing a mermaid. Now you can put question marks on the issue of it being the Little Mermaid and Hans Christian Andersen and all of that. But the idea that a black person is a water spirit is cannot be a water spirit is just ridiculous because water spirits permeate African cultures, whether in their fish form or in their reptilian form. But especially, especially the people um in in the in, in that that part of Nigeria where um the Efikibiubio people are found. So can you talk to us just a couple of minutes about um, Efikibiubio people's relationship with the water spirits and um, just what what they represent to the culture, especially since there are so many songs dedicated to them. Okay. Um, the water spirit, or what you, uh, you call, um, we call Ndem. Mm-hmm. Or in this story, we, it's also a, is a focal point in this story. Ndemison. It's not. Um, it's nothing strange because it's part of our life. It's part of our history. It's our religion. Mm-hmm. So it's nothing to be ashamed of. 
you know, the advent of Christian religion had um, tried to separate certain things that are holy, certain things that are fetish. But mm -hmm. over the years, up to now, it's difficult to actually separate something that is part and parcel of um, our religion. It, it, uh, it, for instance, they, for the Pixar group, it's impossible to separate their them from them because it's like talking about the it, it, it they cannot trace their history without talking about it because um, um, I'm trying to find a correlation like let's say the children of Israel um, movement from uh, um, Egypt to the promised line they always had to go with their um, the tents I mean the, the house of, of God the, the act of the covenant yes uh, so for the ethic, the migration from where we were in Orochuku to Uran has been a story of their fight to worship the gods that they believe. And a typical ethic man that is actually from an ethic root will have a name that is rooted in this um, tradition and, and this thing. And like I've told you before, the Obon of Calabar by virtue of being the obong and the didem is the head of this um, spiritual realm of talking to. So we, we expect that the, the, the traditional ruler the spiritual, is also the spiritual head in our society. The, the, the paramount ruler is the person that needs to invoke or there are, there are certain words he needs to talk to. So it's part and part. It's not it's nothing that you can separate from. Mm. So it gets to the we have um, for the Indem, like the water spirit, there are different layers of it. I mean, we have the national them, we have the localized ones that by their names you can actually tell that this Indem belongs to this community. Mm -hmm. We are reverend people, so there's water everywhere. So if right. you're talking about an uh, attack on the Muran. You are talking about Uran people. The chief um, mermaid for the Uran people is at uh, Atako. She's revered there. Then if you come down to the Cross River, the Calabar area, uh, the most popular, of course, is always Anansa Ikan mm -hmm, There are mm -hmm. so many other ones. Then on family levels, there are other families that have mermaid that is related to them. It's part of their tradition. In the story of Adiara Anna, we talked about um, their family tree. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it wasn't lost in that story. It, 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 when she was going to the stream, there was a tree that she had to right. speak with. Yeah, that tree belonged, that means that it's a, a deity that belongs to that particular family. Right. And that's, you know, that's a family the one. English version of the poem, The Daughter of the Climbing Palm. Exactly, yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh -huh. So. Yeah, so it's a religious thing for us. It's not a, it's nothing to be ashamed, but like I said, the Christian religion brought it below. But then it was not completely like if you go now to, um, let's say, maybe after now, just check on Instagram, type um, um, a figure video or a quibble marriage. You see the way women are women dress for mm -hmm. a traditional marriage. That they wear a lot of plated, um, they, they, they plate their hair very big. Then they wear plated iron combs. Mm -hmm. This comb mm -hmm. signifies the spirit of these deities. They are beautiful 
creatures uh, that believe to be part of us. They've always been part of us. There's no way you can complete the stories. I am from Econo, and we also have a principal deity in my um, clan or uh, locality, which is, um, I've forgotten the name now, but also my surname, if you check my name, is Ekpeyong. And Ekpeyong is a national deity. We have Ekpeyong as a spiritual mermaid. We have Akpan Ekpeyong amazing. He, he has a, they, they replicate. You can have a father mermaid, you can have a child mermaid, you can have the wife. Mm -hmm. Ekpeyong is believed to be married to a Kanem. And a Kanem is also a name that is resonating almost every sub-tribe of the Southern Cross River, be the Figi, Bibio, any other group, you can find the name around, which means this was a date that was worshipped almost everywhere, particularly the two names there, Ekpeyong mm -hmm. and Ekanem. And you will have people answering them. I mean, as family names, that means some family had adopted this as part. So it's a religious thing for us. Right. It's part of us. We have not been able to, it, it, you cannot let it go because it's like leaving your own history behind. That's yeah. uh, much cancer about that. No, no, thank you for that, that detailed explanation of just what water spirits represent um, to the Fikibibu people because you, you're right, you know, when you look at it through the lens of um, certain Christian approaches, you know, it's simplified to mere superstitions and traditions that need to be, you know, tossed to the side. But they represent so much more, you know, it's tied to identity, it's tied to political organization, it's tied to so much more. I, I imagine, I mean, we... we it's a religion, this. like I said, it's a religious belief. Right, right. And, yeah, and, and it has implications across the board, you know, for the environment and so many things, because something I was very curious about as I worked on the background research and wrote this poem is, you know, what was the reason why we had, they had specific days when only certain people could go to the stream, you know, mm. the, 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 the probably underlying spiritual significance and everything. But my, you know, the science part of my brain is thinking, man, it must have been, you know, a relief for that stream, for that one day to not have everybody in the village showing up, you know, <laughs> carry water and everything there, there is an ecological side of it you know where it's almost like the people who will vary the the way they they, they um plant land so certain years they'll leave certain par uh, parts of the land to follow and then they'll you give it a chance to grow so it, I, I was just imagining you know okay there is definitely a spiritual significance and everything else going on here but the actual ecological impact of this this spiritual belief what is it you know and that's that's something that needs really really needs um more emphasis because um you're absolutely right no, I, I i think it's something that maybe i can a little research about because we have a, um, a traditional calendar we have an eight day week mm -hmm. now acquired dairy which is now would fall like a sunday would look like a sunday is this day we are talking about in the story mm -hmm. here so um based on this eight day calendar uh, because I'm not um, conversing with, but I know that my dad, if he's traveling to the village, to call my aunties and said, I'm coming on a Fiongoran or I'm coming on a Prederi. Uh, so he understands this thing. So these days are specific for particular things. There are certain markets that are supposed to be open for on Fiongoran. So people from different communities go to that mm -hmm. market. But you cannot open the market. The market days are different. So the right. same thing happened for streams. 
So it's um, that's why it's a culture, you know. Um, we could all um, select. This is peculiar to us. There's an eight-day calendar that is based on the lunar cycle. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, so this determines what people were supposed to do. Maybe before the advent of Christian religion, I think that maybe this quite the was the day they play a a masquerade or they do worship for mm -hmm. in them worship. It's possible. Yes. Uh, and they said it was only open to uh, unmarried women, which is uh, in Kaiferi. So it's something also I can a little bit research on. But you know, usually when you call people, you talk about and uh, they say, "No, I've never done them things. I don't want to get involved in it." You know, right, right. And exactly. That's <laughs> the time when you know you could get into serious trouble for even knowing about some of these things, which is which is terrible, um, which is absolutely terrible. But uh, just want to be mindful of your time here because it's, what, 1 a.m. for you. Um, yeah. Any last-minute questions before we wrap up the session, last-minute questions, comments, or just a round of applause again for Edison because this, this has been just absolutely wonderful. We really, really appreciate you making the time to talk with us and share so much um, about, about your people, about your process, um, before we close, uh, since it doesn't seem like I'm not seeing any hands up for questions or anything, so we can comfortably go ahead and wrap things up. But before we close, Edison, uh, one word for you. What are your hopes for the future around, um, for the Ifik Ibiubi people in particular, but for just African cultures and um, uh stories in general um hopes for the future what you'd like to see more of um yeah uh, yeah i think um i would like to try to see how i can um preserve historical artifacts and things that are around my area and um try to also um, preserve because uh, as more we say whenever an elderly person dies in Africa it looks like a library is burning mm. you know I lost my grandmother and it was it happened she died uh, around I think October we buried her early November and uh, while I was doing this work I, re I really missed her because mm. I think she would have been very valuable to this work so I also feel and a lot of we have this uh, while growing up stories like some of the ones you've captured here that we're told that comes in i think somebody has written a book like that about ekonke that's because ekonke means story time so some of those stories have not been documented and some of the folk songs that go with them have not been documented so um it um maybe look for a way to get this documented because uh, there are people younger than me that are coming up i have a daughter and uh, maybe who knows maybe she might end up in the, in europe also and then suddenly we've lost everything so it's try to yeah. help and preserve what we have which i believe is very beautiful and um, we cannot drop the ball like the last generation i think that's my hope and aspiration going forward thank you and it it has been and continues to be an absolute, absolute pleasure to collaborate with you on this. Uh, thank you so much for your very, very detailed and excellent work. I can't wait. Um, so the, the Ibiobio translation of the poem will be 
in the book if you buy the the book the e-version and the print version and as i talked about um i hope to have a recording of it somewhere um so if anybody wants to listen to it um sorry i'm just seeing a, a note here from c and c just so we can let edison go sleep um i'll add your comments to the summary that we do at the end um, but this this poem, the English version, the Ibibio translation will be in the book. So you have that piece of history and culture with you as well. And um, yes, Runaway Princess is out January 25th. Uh, I'm really excited about this book, the stories, and I'm just showcasing the amazing work of the different people. Um, I had the, the pleasure and the honor of collaborating with for the art, for translations and everything. So... Um, on that note, we will close our first episode of um, MA Storytime for 2023, and I can't think of a better way to start the year. So hopefully we have more of these this year. Um, Edison, thank you so much once again for, for making time to join. We wish you more power in all your efforts. If there is any way that I um, or mythological Africans um, can support you with this, uh, your aspirations going forward, please let us know. And um, hopefully you connect with Jim because it would be great to have um, some Unicode type that's, you know, beyond my ken, but you guys work it out because I would like to see the outcomes um, of that. So okay, thank you for having me. Thank you, Helen. My, my pleasure. And thank everybody. Thanks to everybody for making time to join this evening. I hope you learned something. I hope you are entertained. And we will be back next Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern time for more story time with mythological Africans. So thank you all. Have a great evening. Please be safe. Uh, have a good weekend. And I'll see you on the Twitter streets. Okay? All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.